hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, episode 181. Last week on episode 180, we talked about what to do with a windfall of money. We talked about a number of things, but we often find it interesting when we ask folks what they would do with the money, we rarely hear giving as a part of their response. So we wanted to talk a little bit about the importance of giving in light of the holiday season. Thanks again for listening to the show. Without your support, comments, and sharing this show, we wouldn't be able to reach the LGBT community and change the financial lives of our community. This week, we're getting a little personal when it comes to giving, something many in the LGBT community would like to do more, but often find it difficult to do. We're going to share with you some tools that we use and ways that you can give back even more. Now, on with the show. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. This podcast is sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is redesigning the banking experience by offering simple, straightforward, and seamless ways for you to bank from almost anywhere, so banking fits into your life, not the other way around. I want to ask you an honest question. How much have you given back to the LGBTQ community this year? I'm not asking to put you on the spot. In fact, if you listen to episode 154, which aired back in May, you know that 2019 got off to a very rough start for us financially. Although things have improved a bit, it's still a tough year financially for us. We're currently living on less than $40,000 a year between the two of us, which is a far cry from what we earned back in our days of being in corporate America. This all means that we haven't been giving back dollar-wise as much as we'd like to either. So when we talk about giving back financially, we want you to know we're right here with you. So when we talk about this subject of giving, let's talk a little bit about why does the LGBT community need so much? What are your thoughts, John? Why does the community need so much help? Well, we're trying to keep this episode somewhat short, <laughs> so I'll keep it pithy. Well, I think you know the, the answer to that question is that we live and work in a world that was not designed for people that don't fit the heteronormative lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it, we face a lot of headwinds, right? And the structures... Uh, the institutional structures weren't necessarily designed with us in mind. And in some cases, as more and more people became aware that L people exist and G people exist and T people exist and B people exist and Q people exist, they've almost kind of created systems to keep us out. So we face a lot of headwinds, a lot of political headwinds. You know, for example, you know, 40% of homeless youth identify as LGBTQ. Um, so we have a lot of youth who don't feel safe in their own home with their mom and dad or their siblings or or whatever family members that they were living with, and they feel the need to leave for whatever reason. So we already know that many families struggle to teach personal finance to uh, their children. Um, We also know that children aren't learning personal finance in high school and college. Uh, So a lot of these people are going out, living on their own, living in the streets. Um, Where are they getting their financial education? And you know, considering Maslow's hierarchy of needs, is learning about personal finance really their top priority when they're living on the streets? So a lot of these youth are, are, are starting life behind the eight ball. Right. And when it comes to income and 
finances. We definitely know that trans folks are oftentimes in a desperate situation uh, because of who they are, or the way they look. Many people who are holding judgment uh, will not give them jobs. And so this this community especially is struggling financially. We think about their income levels. Then we also take into consideration the sheer number of LGBT folks who are aging. The LGBTQ senior population is exploding and many of them have not prepared for retirement. So whether it's political, our youth, our trans folks, or our seniors, it looks like we have a large population that is relying on other individuals, in many cases, just to survive. Exactly. You know, we have a lot of LGBTQ elders who, um, because of the HIV AIDS crisis, they didn't expect to live uh, into their 60s and 70s and 80s. And, and so they didn't plan accordingly. And yes, we've had a lot of, made a lot of progress with HIV and AIDS. And so that's great news. But for those people who, who didn't plan accordingly, uh, now they're older and um, they're challenged financially. So uh, they're challenged with a, a quality of life. So them and many people in our community need to rely on organizations that help our community because they unfortunately can't help themselves. Right. There are quite a few organizations out there helping, right? Uh, yeah, there are a lot of organizations and, you know, off the top of your hat, and most people can probably think of uh, the bigger organizations, right? Um, they get a lot of attention, uh, both in the media as well as uh, financial support such as the Human Rights Campaign, Lambda Legal. They, they're constantly in the national conversation, um, and so many people are aware of them. And then there are some slightly smaller organizations that maybe people are aware of, but some people might not be, um, such as, I mean, SAGE does an, a great work for our elderly population. Um, then we have, of course, the Trevor Project, which helps um, try to uh, fight suicides, especially among youth. And so there are some sm smaller organizations like that, but there are more organizations. Right. So there are state level ones because we know that because there is such a diversity of laws in this country at every state level, there are laws that are still antiquated and don't protect the LGBT community. So there's various state level organizations. I think of in West Virginia, uh, we spoke with one organization which is fighting for that community in West Virginia to become one of the few states that does have statewide protections when it comes to work, employment, uh, housing, and services. And then there's also organizations like Ohio Business Competes that tries to help businesses get involved in creating and protecting and writing those laws that protect our community. But then there's also those micro organizations, the ones that many of us are not aware of unless we're actually involved in our community. Uh, Jasmine is one in Northeast Florida that helps LGBT youth, helps them uh, stay off the streets and helps provide them with services. And all of these organizations are out there giving a helping hand, uh, lending support to the community. But what do they need? <laughs> you know, they, they help and provide services for our community. What do they need? They can't do it uh, just on their own. Exactly. So, um, you know, Mostly they need money, right? They need money and they need our donation of our time and sweat equity. Um, and, you know, this is part of the reason why you and I do what we do, right? We want to help build a, a stronger queer community. And we think that a pillar of a stronger queer community, especially now, is uh, financially stronger in LGBTQ individuals and allies. And that helps us be able to uh, support these organizations and to continue to push for equality. And the more financially secure we are, the more capabilities we have in that area. So, First and foremost, you know, 
these companies need money. Um, and there are several ways that they, they try to collect that money. One is, and, and we're all aware of this, um, because it's somewhat contentious because it seems sort of counterintuitive, that many of these organizations throw amazing galas once or twice a year. Um, it almost seems like that that money could be better spent going directly back to uh, the organization and helping the people that they, that they serve. But over and over and over again, it's been proven that throwing these gala events, creating the media talking points, getting all the attention, and getting people to, to attend these events actually helps them raise more funds more quickly. The other thing is, you know, if you're not able to attend a gala event, you're not in the area, you don't want to attend a gala event, there are, you can always write a one-time check to these organizations. In fact, most organizations allow you to be able to make a one-time contribution on their website. But then most importantly, oh, this is some input we received from an interview that we did for Forbes a couple of years ago uh, that included the executive director of development and gardening. And she said that these organizations love reoccurring contributions, um, even if it's just five, ten, fifteen dollars. But if they can, if they have any sort of expectation of what they will receive on a month-to-month or a year-to-year basis, and they've got a lot of reoccurring contributions coming in each week, each month, each year, then these organizations are better equipped to be able to plan out in the future and really help the people that they serve more effectively. Right. You know, it's interesting. You, I think maybe it was a little bit of a slip. You called these organizations companies, but in reality, that's exactly what they are. These are companies, right? They have to have cash coming in to be able to provide the services that they provide. They have to pay staff. They have to keep the lights on, but they don't have a ton of money, right? So many of these organizations are relying on individuals to work pretty hard and not have a whole lot of uh, support. They don't hire a ton of people. And that's another area, I guess, where we can step up and, and do more for these organizations. Many of them need volunteers, whether it's a gala event or stuffing envelopes or making phone calls. These organizations need not just money, but they need time because they don't have enough money to hire all the staff that I'm sure that they would love to be able to hire. Uh, So if we can be a volunteer for these special events or maybe being an ongoing volunteer, volunteering once or one hour or two hours a month at some of these organizations, it really helps them continue to do the work that they need to do and allow some of the regular tasks to be done by volunteers. And one of the other things you can do is sponsor a volunteer. You know, there are ways in which you can donate money to allow other individuals to be there and work. But it's not just money and our time that we can give. We can give in other ways. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Capital One's checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums. And with one of the best saving rates in America, you can rest easy watching your money grow with no fees to bring you down. You can open an account in about five minutes, which means you are only about five minutes away from getting your savings to grow with one of the nation's best rates. Exactly. A lot of these organizations, especially the the smaller organizations, the micro and the maybe state level even, need awareness. Uh, They need as much promotion as they can possibly get. Everyone's familiar, I would say, with uh, the human rights campaign, Lambda Legal, etc., but some of these smaller organizations, they really need the help with brand awareness. And so there's there are some great free ways to do that. One is uh, a source that we love is sharing, liking, commenting, and sharing about these organizations on social media. You know, there is seems to be a lot of uh, animosity right now towards social media, and there's there's validity to that. But 
it's social and society can change the dialogue. So let's change the vibration on social media and start sharing the different events that these organizations are hosting or the campaigns that they've implemented, or even just share that these organizations exist. Um, start talking about them on social media, online, in real life, uh, share, you know, talk about the organizations at work, around the water cooler, or when you're at, uh, with friends and family. Drop hints that these organizations are around and how you're involved with them and how you're supporting them. And maybe that'll encourage your friends and family and colleagues to support them as well. But, and really, you know, help, help these organizations tell their stories. These organizations are helping people. And each one of those people that they're helping has a story. So if you can tell a compelling story of how these organizations are serving people, lifting people up, helping people make ends meet, really sharing the value, the individual person level value that these organizations are providing, that will really engender people to be able to jump on board and support these organizations as well. So um, the question is, which way do you plan on supporting these organizations? We know how we're planning on doing that, and we'll share that here shortly, but how will you help these organizations? Right. And I guess that when you ask the question, which one are you going to do? You may ask the question, why? Why should I give? Why should I give my time? Why should I give my money? Why should I tell help tell these stories? And one of the things that has been proven over and over and over again is that giving is one of the best ways to show gratitude, to show gratitude for what you have and to actually feel better about yourself. Giving both uh, money and time, it reduces our stress, it makes us happier, and it gets us involved. And you know, many of us, we, we dream about this idea or that we want to have an impact on the world, that we want to, to help change things. And many of us think that we need to do some sort of grandiose big thing, but it's actually these small little contributions, and I'm not talking just about money, but these small little contributions that we give along the way that really can add up and, and provide a lot for individuals. The other thing is, is it opens up to the universe, to yourself, that you are willing to give and receive. And I think about this uh, image of a fist clenched tight around a dollar or around money. If that fist is clenched so tight because you don't want the money to go out, it's also not open to be receiving. So if we want to receive, we have to give. <laughs> so how do we give back more? I guess that's one of the questions that many of us have. Many of us oftentimes feel like we're struggling ourselves but we, and we can't give. But one of the suggestions that we have is to have a plan. Have a plan to give. Now, I'm going to talk about some numbers here. These are all referencing individuals in the United States. Unfortunately, we know we have a number of listeners overseas, but these numbers are specific to the United States, but they can be kind of, I think, extrapolated out as well. But in the U.S., there are roughly around 15 million LGBT folks. If each individual were to commit to giving on average $600 a year, our community would give back to itself $9 billion. That's more than two and a half times all of the money that was spent on the 2016 elections. Mm. That would have a massive impact on our community. Now, for many of you, think about it. $600 a year is $50 a month. $50 a month 
is probably not anywhere near what we spend on many of the other things that we do throughout the month. It may not have a significant impact on your budget. It's actually very minor for many of us to give that amount, especially when you consider the fact that the LGBT community in the United States has a purchasing power of almost $1 trillion. $9 billion would be less than 1% of the purchasing power that we have as a community, the amount of money that we've earned. And so when we think about that dollar amount, I want you to think about how, what would it take for me to give at least 1% of the money that I have? Think about the money that you spend or think about the money that our community in general spends on things like travel, dining out, alcohol, personal hygiene. These are some of the top spends in our community. Now we know you can't necessarily give up personal hygiene. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but is it possible to maybe rein that in a little bit based on the products in which you purchase, allowing you to give a little bit more? And so we have to think about where our money is going. And if we have a plan to donate, we need to put that into our budget as well, just like we do with other things. Yeah, we were just in New York City the other week and uh, drinks were costing 15 to $20 a drink. So really giving up three drinks a month would reserve cash that can go to giving up to $50 a month to the LGBTQ community. Absolutely. And we could probably all do with giving up three cocktails a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My waistline could. <laughs> so, you know, what is the best way to start doing this? Well, as with almost everything in, in finance, and you've heard us say this before, the idea is you need to have a plan. Unless you actually have a plan, it's always going to be something that you're thinking about, but you never actually implement. Um, and what's the best way to plan to give back? Well, Number one, include a line item on giving back in your budget. Have it specified, charitable donation, or even better yet, the organization or organizations that you want to give to. Include that in your budget so that every two weeks when you're paid or every month or whatever your pay cycle is, a percentage of your paycheck is already itemized to go to organizations that you want to give back to. And try to make it at least 1% to 5% of your income. Um, I think it's important to note that you know, we don't want to make this a political podcast and we, are, we aren't anti-religion, um, but I think it's important to note that many religious organizations that don't support our community or, and in fact would much rather that we did not exist, instruct their parishioners, is that the word, um, to tithe at least 10%. And that money, that 10% of their income is going back to the churches and then going back to the politicians and the organizations that they support that are looking to take away our rights. Um, so if we can at least give 1% to 5%, that would help. But keep in mind that our um, competition is giving at least 10%. Other ways that you can give, it doesn't always have to be just 100% out of your pocket. One of the ways that we've been able to really um, uh, magnify, amplify our giving is corporate matches. Many organizations will match your corporate contributions to any 5013C. Uh, so look contact your HR department, uh, go to your, your manager, see if your organization, uh, your company uh, does a corporate match. So if you're able to donate you know, $10 to a campaign, they will also donate $10 to a campaign. And I think um, the companies that we've worked at, they were able to match anywhere up to, I think one was up to $2,000 and one was up to $5,000 a year. And that's, you know, significant. You can really, you can, for many of us, that could be doubling our contribution to an organization. 
we've been able to give well over $25,000 of our own money matched over the last 10 years. And so that provides a great value. And then also keep in mind too that some of these nonprofits, these organizations that we're supporting, they offer different tiers, different perks and value to donors who give a minimum number of dollars each year. And very often these organizations will allow your corporate match from your company as well as your personal uh, contribution. They will tie that together to help you get into those higher tiers so you can get a higher level of service or feel a little extra special, which uh, is always nice to feel. And then lastly, give you your time. If you have no money or if you don't feel like you have enough money to be able to uh, part with, donate your time. Uh, Look for ways that you can encourage your friends and family to donate time. So when you're getting together with friends and family anyway, say for Sunday fun day, maybe plan on going to uh, a nonprofit that you all support and donating your time to to stuff envelopes, pack bags, whatever it is that, that the organization needs, and then go to your brunch and happy hour. Plan to volunteer regularly. Uh, get on a cycle of donating your time once a month or once a week. And again, like we said before, recurring contributions of dollars are great, but also recurring contributions of your time are great. Um, so you, those are just a couple of ways you can consider to donate. So we've done a lot of asking of you. You're going to probably say, well, what are you doing? (laughs) So although I mentioned that this has been a a little bit of a rough year financially for us, John and I want to make a commitment. uh, And we would love to hear from you what kind of commitments that you're making as well. But we're going to commit to giving a minimum of $50 a month to local organizations. We're going to try to hit that $600 amount this year. And we also are going to volunteer at least two hours a month. So our goal for the rest of 2019 and 2020 is to make sure that we are donating of our time and our money. Um, I don't want to say that we haven't done anything so far this year. Actually, so far in 2019, we've given both of our time and our money via our Queer Money Live Tour. Uh, We paid for our own travel and donated our time to visit six LGBTQ centers from as far south as Charleston, West Virginia, and as far north as the Bronx in New York. Uh, We primarily focused on the East Coast to try to minimize our travel costs, but we were giving of our time and our money in that manner, but we are also going to give of our time and our money to local organizations. So again, I'd like to hear what many of you are doing. Uh, So on our Instagram feed, on the Queer Money Podcast Instagram feed for this week, Get out there and share with us. We'll put a post out there asking ways that you are giving back to the community. We would love to hear from you. So we will continue to do more. I guess the question is, will you? Thank you for listening to another episode of Queer Money. As you can probably tell, John and I are passionate about building a strong queer community, one that's equal with everyone else and one that's a leading contributor to society. This is why our financial security is so important. This is also why we're committed to giving more of our time and money to the queer community, and we urge you to do the same as well. If you think your time and money are too little, don't worry. It all helps. And as we shared, there are many ways to give and give more. Find a local organization or nonprofit that serves your community and give in your own way. You and the queer community will be glad that you did. Next, join us next week when we talk about how your creativity can fuel your entrepreneurship. So whether you're already in business for yourself or you want to start your own business, even just part-time, you won't want to miss this episode. Finally, please help us help more queer people by liking, commenting, and sharing the Queer Money Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.
To learn more about how our sponsor, Capital One, is reimagining their local spaces and experiences to have banking better fit your life, visit www.capitalone.com and follow them on social at Capital One Cafe. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.